Hello and welcome to the Fit Leaders Podcast, the podcast for leaders seeking sustainable success. I'm your host, David Chinsky, founder of the Institute for Leadership Fitness and creator of Fit Leaders Academy. Join me as we explore how fit leaders enjoy vibrant lives marked by personal health and sustained contributions. In this podcast, The Humble Servant, I'd like to talk about a style of leadership that seems to be gaining a bit more traction. This is the style of leadership that many refer to as servant leadership. This style was actually conceptualized back in the 1970s, and for whatever reason, most of us have grown up in organizations that have been more hierarchical in structure where more of an authoritarian or command and control approach to leading and managing has been in place. Now, there are certainly situations in which that command and control approach to leadership can work. And at the same time, we are undergoing a shift in the demographic makeup of our workforce with millennials and Gen Zers coming into the workplace where that historical, more traditional command and control approach is not likely to work. If these new workers are not given a voice, if they believe that they have to just do what they're told, simply take orders, not push back, I'm concerned that we're going to lose a lot of these bright new workers who will gravitate to organizations where they feel more appreciated and respected and where they have a chance to make the contributions that that we know they're capable of making. So this model of servant leadership is really based on humility. And when I say humility, I do not mean that leaders should diminish or discount the role that they play in organizations. Clearly, leaders play a pivotal role in setting a clear direction for their teams, aligning their people around that direction, and continuously motivating and educating their people and keeping people on board. So, Humility is not about thinking of ourselves as inconsequential. It's just that we can't think of leadership in the traditional sense of empire building and lording our power over our direct reports. The humble approach to leading focuses more on how we can ensure the success of our people so that they are successful because if they're successful, if they feel appreciated and heard, they are likely to produce the results and outcomes that will lead to their success, the organization's success, and also our success as a leader. Leaders almost always get credit for the work that their teams do. Not that we should take overt credit and say, this is something that I did. And yet leaders will always be recognized for their effectiveness in being able to motivate their teams to greatness. So let me give you a couple of examples of servant leaders. One that comes to mind is Mother Teresa. So here's a person who could have chosen a number of different life paths, and she apparently was called to serve the poor and devoted her entire life to that mission. And this is really an essential part of servant leadership. It's about people who are called to provide a service to other people. 
Another example is Mahatma Gandhi, who was dedicated to removing a colonial power from his own country of India. And without raising a gun, successfully got the UK, Great Britain, England, out of his country. Now, he had a huge following. He led a very simple life a non-violent life, and his mission was to remove England from his own country and did it tirelessly for much of his life. So servant leadership itself, the concept of servant leadership, was actually conceived by Robert Greenleaf. Robert Greenleaf was an AT&T executive, and in 1970, he retired, and he wrote a book, a very short book, it's almost a pamphlet, called The Servant as Leader. In this book, Robert Greenleaf described a model of leadership that was really focused on developing other leaders, being involved in your community, sharing leadership with others. One way to know whether we are a servant leader is to consider what we've done recently. And I might put the question to you this way. What have you done in the past 24 hours to be of service to someone in your organization? So I'm not asking you to think about what you've done in the last two or three days or the last week or the last month or the last year. I'm asking you to think about what have you done in the last 24 hours to be of service to someone in your organization? Think about it. I'm sure that most of you can point to one or two areas of service that you provided. Perhaps these went above and beyond the call of your duty. Perhaps it was staying late to help someone out. Perhaps it was providing coverage for someone who was sick. Perhaps it was connecting someone to one of your resources so that they could get their job done. I'm sure there are many, many examples of this. And when we do these acts of kindness, these acts of service, we should know that they are not forgotten. The people for whom we extend this service appreciate what it is that we are doing for them. And and this is what makes it servant leadership. This is what we mean by being a humble servant. So think about that question from time to time and ask yourself what you've done in the last 24 hours to be of service to someone, if you can answer that question with some examples, then there's a good chance that you are practicing servant leadership today. If you can't identify something that you've done, then perhaps think about how you might begin looking for those opportunities. It's important to know that servant leaders are not soft leaders. Servant leaders, humble servants, get the job done, and they get it done in a way that doesn't involve simply yelling at people or commanding people to do this or to do that. They do it more through influence and persuasion and by recognizing the value of the people on their team. Now, in Robert Greenleaf's pamphlet, The Servant as Leader, he identify 10 characteristics of servant leadership. And I'd like to quickly go through these because this is another way to help us self-identify whether we're showing up with some of these critical components of this model of leadership. The first characteristic of servant leadership is listening. 
Servant leaders actually pay attention to us when we are in conversation with them. They're not thinking about what they're going to say next. We know that they're actually present with us. And this is an experience that for some of us is not very common anymore these days with all of the the distractions that we have with devices and with how busy we are. A servant leader, though, is really interested in knowing what it is that we have to say and is listening with with wide open ears. The second characteristic is empathy. This is all about appreciating someone else's perspective and being able to understand where they're coming from. The common definition of empathy that most of us are familiar with is being able to put ourselves in the shoes of the other person. And that's really what we mean here, being able to appreciate and sense where someone is as they are communicating with us. A third characteristic is what we call healing. And I don't mean physical healing or spiritual healing. I'm really referring here to the ability to clear the clutter, to help move us beyond our failures. I don't know about you, although I've had a boss or two that never wanted to let me forget about a mistake that I made or a failure that I had. And that can be very demoralizing, walking around with this albatross around our neck. A servant leader helps us process our failures and helps us learn from our mistakes and yet helps us refocus on the future as opposed to always being reminded of that failure that we made. A fourth characteristic is awareness. And principally because servant leaders are so good at listening, they're very tuned in to what's going on around them. They have a keen sense of what's on the radar, what people are asking of them, and sometimes they know before they're even asked. A fifth characteristic of servant leadership, and again, these were all laid out by Robert Greenleaf in his treatise, his little pamphlet called The Servant as Leader. This fifth characteristic is persuasion, the ability to move people to where we need them to be through influence as opposed to force or coercion. Being able to win others over, not by commanding them, instead by helping people understand why we need to go where we're going. Now, one of the things I would say at this point is that If you're thinking that servant leaders are soft leaders, that they're touchy-feely, that couldn't be farther from the truth. So just because a servant leader is using persuasion and influence doesn't mean that he or she is unable to get the results or the outcomes that, that they're seeking and that the organization needs. One of the ways to think about this is that when leaders care about their people and care enough to take the extra time to explain the reason, the rationale for going in a specific direction, they're actually building longer term loyalty and respect and trust with their people. No one likes to be pushed around and told what to do very directly, unless it's an emergency, of course, although often it's not an emergency. So when a servant leader takes the time to win us over, we appreciate that and we're often more than willing to do the work and and often more work than we might ordinarily engage in. The next characteristic is conceptualization. And this is the ability to take a complex idea 
and reduce it to a very comprehensible, simplified understanding of what needs to be done. Now, this is an art. In fact, you may know of some leaders that the more they talk, the muddier it gets, the more confusing and muddled it gets. Servant leaders have this ability to take ideas and to articulate them in a way that allows us to grasp them more easily. Another characteristic is foresight, the ability to see into the future. Now, this is a characteristic that actually all good leaders possess, the ability to think long-term, to be strategic, to be able to know today what we need to do to get to where we need to be in six months. And sometimes when a leader articulates that direction, we might scratch our heads and think, really? I don't think so. That doesn't make sense. I don't see that. And yet leaders often are leaders because they see these things before we do. And the more the leaders point out these directions that we need to go, and the more they're right when we get to that six-month mark and we think back to how we didn't really think that was a wise decision, and when we now recognize that the leader knew something that we didn't, that leader or that servant leader earns our respect and our trust. And we're less likely to doubt that leader in the future because we recognize that they have this ability to look into the future, to use this foresight to help move us to where we need to be. The next characteristic is stewardship. And what we mean by stewardship is being concerned not only about the single bottom line, the profitability of an organization, if we're a a profit-based organization. Servant leaders also are as interested in whether we're sharing enough of that profit with employees, whether or not we're giving employees work that's bearable. And they go on to be focused on what's often referred to as the triple bottom line. So not only concerned with profitability or the success of the organization, that's the single bottom line, or adding to that the success of individuals, that's the double bottom line. The triple bottom line also brings into account our impact on our planet. So are we making decisions that are going to ensure that our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will be able to inhabit the planet? And that's the triple bottom line, something that Robert Greenleaf was also very fond of because it supported this concept of stewardship. The ninth characteristic is having a commitment to the growth of others. So servant leaders are always focused on how to ensure the long-term success of their people. Because again, if people are given the opportunity to grow their skills, are respected, are taken care of, if their leaders are strong advocates of them, then again, that long-term loyalty is being built and the servant leader is more likely to get those results on a sustainable basis. The final and 10th characteristic of servant leadership is building community. So servant leaders are also interested in how they are interacting with those around them. And when I say community, I don't simply mean your city or your county or your state. Think about community building within your organization, maybe across teams, looking for more opportunities for cross-functional collaboration. So 
finding ways to leverage the resources all around us, that, that no organization, no team is an island unto itself. So think about these 10 characteristics. This is a way to help us determine whether or not we are leading in a way that is aligned with this model of servant leadership. You might actually think about some of the best leaders you've ever worked for people who made a difference, people that that you're always giving as examples of people that you respect, people that got results. So write as many names down as you can. Now, if you're listening to this while you're driving and it's not safe to write, please wait until it is. And once you've compiled your list, then think about how many of these 10 characteristics were embodied by the leaders on your list. I suspect that you're going to find that most of these best leaders embodied multiple characteristics of servant leadership. Remember again that servant leaders are not soft leaders. They're not weak leaders. Just because they are caring for their people doesn't mean they're not able to get the job done. And what we're finding and what the research is confirming is that servant leaders, because they build this longer-term loyalty, often get results that are far superior to the more traditional command and control leaders. If you want more information about how to be a humble servant and how to become a fit leader, I invite you to visit our website, fitleadersacademy.com, fitleadersacademy.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.